Hi everyone, this is Kevin Smith and Brian Belter. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to do something a little bit different, a little unique. We're going to have two separate portions of text that we'll have discussions over and we're going to kind of break them up. Yeah, we're going to start, uh, both both sections will be from chapter 33. Uh, we're going to begin with verses 1 through 6. The Lord said to Moses, Depart, go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought up out of the land of Egypt, to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, To your offspring I will give it. I will send an angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Pezzarites, the Hivites, and the Jezebites. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go up among you, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. When the people heard this disastrous word, they mourned, and no one put on his ornaments. For the Lord had said to Moses, Say to the people of Israel, You are a stiff-necked people. If for a single moment I should go among you, I would consume you. So now take off your ornaments, that I may know what to do with you. Therefore the people of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments from Mount Horeb onward. So here we go, the beginning of chapter 33, um, kind of a continuation of what we discussed yesterday in chapter 32. Uh, the Lord is is obviously still, still angry with the people for their uh, idolatry, the worship of the golden calf. Um, even though uh, Moses was successful in interceding for the people and not the Lord's wrath not coming down fully and, and destroying this entire nation, uh, we see that the Lord says, I don't need you to go. I'm going to send you to this this new land, but I'm not going to be among you as you go. Yeah, I mean, we see that the Lord is keeping his promise. He said, this is the land I promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I'll give it to you. But he also follows that up with a pretty mellowing decree that I will not go with you. For if I were to be among you, I would consume you because you are a stiff-necked people. He's, you know, he once again calls them that. Yeah, that stiff-necked people, that phrase, it, it kind of goes, it, for me, kind of harkens back to some of that earlier text in Exodus where we kept hearing about Pharaoh's hardened heart. Pharaoh had a hard heart and just keeps repeating it over and over again just to emphasize that no matter what happened, Pharaoh was going to have a hard heart. And we see that now with the Israelites, even though they are the chosen people of God, that they're a stiff-necked people, and they're, they're continually breaking these laws and commandments, and they just don't seem to be able to keep on that, that straight and narrow path. Yeah, so I, I, they had some visual representations of the people's sorrow at this news when stripping themselves of their ornaments. You think back to... Kind of the monks of the Middle Ages, like removing all trappings of wealth and everything like that, and essentially showing how sorry they are for the predicament that they themselves put them in. And right now, it kind of, you kind of get that feeling that the people don't really know what the future is going to hold for them because up until this point, even though at times they had doubts and they, you know, they even requested an idol to worship from Aaron, you know, the Lord has been among them, with them, leading them. And now they're to the point they know that the Lord's not going to be among us. What is this going to look like going forward? I, and you kind of feel a little bit of, like you said, sorrow, a little bit of despair, maybe some hopelessness as they're going forward, not really knowing uh, how this, this trek is going to go without the Lord with them. And previously we saw with the building of the Ark of the Covenant and things like that, there was a seat of God that 
you know, that is where the Lord was to come to the people and be among them, to be an area where they could have a conversation with God if need be. And so to me, it sounds like this is no longer, like at this point in time, this is no longer an option. They may have this Ark of the Covenant, they may have the seat of the Lord, but he doesn't feel they are deserving of his presence. Right. And they, yeah, again, just the, the not knowing, the uncertainty of what's to come. Because uh, again, up until this point, they had very, a very outlined procedure of this is where the Lord is in the tabernacle. The Ark of the Covenant is seated there. And the seat of the Lord is on the Ark of the Covenant. And now we see that they're packing up and moving. And the Lord's not coming with them. Where, when will they be able to speak with the Lord again? Or when will Moses be able to speak to the Lord again? And that, that's going to kind of lead us into the next section that we want to talk about today, which is Moses, again, uh, going to intercede on behalf of the people to the Lord. And that's going to be coming from Exodus chapter 33, verses 12 through 23. Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider too that this nation is your people. And he said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring me up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us, so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, This very thing that you have spoken I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, Please, Show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious in to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Thank you for that reading, Brian. So, you know, things were looking pretty dire for the Israelites, and Moses once again intercedes. Yeah, it goes up to the Lord and basically... You know, says if your presence won't be with us, what are we? What 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 will we do? You know, you've been with us this entire time, and he he pleads once again. You know, send your presence with us, be with us, and we see that the Lord once again is is merciful and listens to to Moses's plea and uh, assures him that he will indeed go with them. Yeah, and I like the the little moment where Moses says, uh, and this is after God has said. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Moses then says, If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. And Brian and I discussed that, and at first it sounds a little 
confusing. But to me, it seems like Moses is saying, oh, good. Because honestly, if your presence isn't going to go with us, don't even don't even have us leave the mountain. We don't want to go into this promised land if your presence will not go with us. So it was just kind of, a, it was a nice moment. Uh, and, you know, Moses is once again interceding on behalf of the Israelites, uh, pointing to that allegory of Jesus interceding on our behalf and God's wrath is cooled. Yeah, as we see at the end of that statement of Moses there when he says, oh, good, because if you weren't with us, you know, who knows, you know, don't send us away from here and who knows what will happen to us. At the end of that, he says, because of your presence with us, that's what makes us distinct and known as your people. And I get that ties again into that reference and that pointing forward to Christ that, you know, Christ with us is what separates us and makes us distinct and known as his people, as, as God's people, Christ's people. Separates the sheep from the goats. Yes, uh, I'd much rather be a sheep than a goat. And then we go into this last portion of the passage, which doesn't have so much to do with the God's anger or intercession of Moses, but this is just kind of, you know, a quiet moment where Moses simply asks the Lord, can I see you? Yeah, we see this whole time. Obviously, Moses is very blessed that he's able to speak with the Lord almost in a face-to-face kind of, in a voice-to-voice kind of manner, let's say. You know, he gets to speak directly with the Lord. That seems like a great blessing. Uh, and yet Moses here, I don't, I don't want to say selfishly, but maybe he's, he's thinking, you know, I've done, I've done your, your will. I've, I've led these people. Please bless me by showing me your glory. Yeah, like, and the phrase is, I can almost see like Moses' head bent and just says, please show me your glory. That's all he says. It's not a long monologue of begging or trying to extol why he feels he should see the glory. He just asks a simple question. And the Lord quite miraculously says, Okay, I'll do it. (laughs) But not full glory. Because as we read further here, um, to see the the face of God brings death. You shall not live uh, any man that, that sees my face. So I personally didn't remember this portion of the Bible, uh, this moment, until we started delving into this reading of Exodus. But it is, it's really cool. And it has sort of an eerie element to it, this supernatural wonder of God saying, I'm going to place you in a cleft of a mountain, and my hand will cover you while I pass, and then you may look upon my back. It's a, an image of, of the Lord keeping Moses safe. He doesn't want him to perish. He doesn't want him to die. And yet he is going to grant him this gift of seeing a portion of his glory. So he covers his hand until the time is appropriate when the glory has passed and he may glance at the back of the Lord. It gives you shivers to think about how amazing that would have been. And it really does. And this is after a fairly harrowing moment for the Israelites and Moses, uh, just this justified anger that God has for the for his people and just you know all of this has come to a head has been resolved and you know this kind of like quieter moment occurs although I'm sure it didn't feel like a quiet moment to Moses but it's still you know it's a merciful portion of the Bible and really neat too and then I also look at it you know all that it shows God, once again, maybe preparing Moses for the rest of the, the journey, the last leg of the journey to the promised land, that 
you know, to reassure him, maybe give him a little extra measure of strength and faith to go forward, that he made this request to see the glory of God. And, and God says, yes, I will show you. But at the same time, I will protect you as I show you my glory. And looking at this, we, I, I'm drawn to another, you know, the, the New Testament parallel that we always try and make here that in these Old Testament days, we see that, you know, no one shall look upon the glory of the Lord because so, you will surely die. Well, then Jesus comes to earth and he becomes a tangible Lord. You know, he, we can touch him. We can see him uh, in his, you know, full state. And now that uh, Christ has come and fulfilled his, his duty of sacrifice, atonement, and left us his spirit, that we now can bask in the full glory of God. Right, and that's why Jesus had to come to us as 100% man, 100% God. He, he needed that earthly mortal element in order for us to, in order for the people to even be around him. And what a blessing that truly is to have Christ in our, in our lives interceding for us. Well, as always, we've ended with Jesus. I think that's a good place to, uh, to wrap up this section of the Exodus. Uh, but before we get out of here today, we do uh, one again, once again remind you of the upcoming services that we have at Holy Cross. This weekend is Palm Sunday weekend, regular worship times. Uh, we have our Saturday evening worship at 5 p.m. And then on Sunday morning, we'll be worshiping at 8 a.m. and 10.30 with an instructional Bible study and Sunday school hour in between. And then we get into Holy Week, starting on Thursday, Monday, Thursday. We do have services at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m., both of which will include Holy Communion. And then on Good Friday, we will worship at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. And then that brings us to the uh, glorious Easter weekend. Yeah, there's no service on Saturday. No on service Easter Saturday, weekend. but we make up for that by having four services on Easter Sunday. Uh, we're going to have 6 a.m. service, 8 a.m. service, 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. There will be Holy Communion at all those services, and during that time, we will also be celebrating with an Easter breakfast that will run from 7 a.m. to 10.45 a.m., and all proceeds from that breakfast will go to the National Youth Gathering. Yeah, the youth are going to work hard to uh, bring us that breakfast, so let's get down there and support them and uh, help send as many as possible to that National Youth Gathering. As we always do at the end of our podcast, we would like you to join us in a short prayer. Lord, thank you for bringing Brian and I together to have these conversations about your book of Exodus. Today we saw the Israelites in a dire position. Our God was in the process of considering sending them onward from his presence, sending them into the promised land as he promised, but not following them there. And once again, we had Moses intercede on behalf of the Israelites, an intercession that brings us parallels to your own son's intercession on our behalf in the greatest covenant that you have created and crafted for us. It is through his grace and his sacrifice that we find ourselves in the coveted position of being your people, of having that freedom from sin that would weigh us down, that would leave us without the ornaments of your mercy and grace. We thank you, as always, Lord, especially as we move into this Easter Holy Week, for sending your Son. In all these things, we pray. Amen. Amen. 
And thank you for joining us today. And just a reminder, all scripture readings and references do come from the English Standard Version of the Bible. Thank you. God bless. I didn't remember this particular part before we started looking into... Oh, it's noon, too. We're in for it here. Let's start over and say I don't remember that. We're good. We're going to be done before times again. Yeah. Okay, just... are you sure? Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm going to... I'm so sorry. No, we, no, just no. we just paused and we'll edit it out. No problem. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> for who the bell tolls? <laughs>